Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we've got another sponsor to tell you about, Phil Supreme. They're a nationally recognized brand who offer only the very highest quality of natural supplements. Their extensive range includes a range of medicinal mushrooms, nootropics, anti-aging products, gut support products, green powders, vitamins, and much more. Yep, they've worked with fighters from all the top promotions, including UFC, Bellator, Brave, and Cage Warriors with a solid reputation of providing results. So check them out on Instagram, which is at Phil underscore Supreme, or their website, www.philsupreme.co.uk, and make sure you use the code MMAFAN for a cool 15% off your first order. Don't say we don't spoil you. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. This is the first of several episodes that we are doing in association with Cage Warriors for their upcoming Double Trouble Weekend Extravaganza, weekend of 10th and 11th of December. What better way to start Double Trouble than, well, I guess me in, first of all, let's introduce uh, Blake Harrison, uh, my co-host. You just forgot about me. God, 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 so I was just getting into my stride. Just, just <laughs> completely forgot that I was here. Thanks, thanks very much. I was uh, just getting on a roll then. I just thought, oh, hang on a minute. There's that other fella here looking at me over Zoom, looking a little bit, a little bit sort of sad. Your bottom sad, lip was going a little bit, mate. Sad and lost. Yeah, just forgotten about. Yeah, don't worry about old, old me. You know, You're you just right? talk about the guests, mate. Who we got today? Well, we've got uh, two guests that are returning to the show. Uh, mm. One of them is fighting for the vacant lightweight Cage Warriors title at Cage Warriors 131, I believe, on Friday the 10th of December mm-hmm. against Mehdi Ben Lakdar. And the other guest is his brother, Harry, who's also a Cage Warriors fighter. We had these guys on the show not long ago, and it's one of those interviews that's like, people that have been listening to this show for a long time really, really fell in love with the Hardwick brothers. Like, the yeah. scroobiest people we've had on the show multiple times uh talking about preludes to big cards and stuff he's a big fan of the hardwick brothers after our interview um and yeah they just uh, they're just a really great double act really good fun and it's it's great to have them both back on the show absolutely and and you know comedy aside a pair of stone cold killers in the octagon as well make no mistake and uh yeah and can't wait to see if uh, if george can grab that that strap anyway should we get on with it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, here is George and Harry Hardwick. 
Harry and George, welcome back to the show. Thanks for coming on again and giving us your time. Um, yeah, how are you doing? Uh, I miss my body fat now. It's too fucking cold. Uh, <laughs> You've picked the worst time to cut weight, yeah. haven't you, in December? I have an abundance of body fat at the minute. Like, <laughs> we're, we're nearly at the point where our weights cross for the first time in... I think in our 20s. Yeah, probably. But yeah, it's like I'm coming up. I think in the, in the next few days, George will be lighter than me for the first time in forever. I, I, I did see on the socials that, that George is looking in uh, incredible, incredible condition. Uh, Harry, I just see your post that you were smashing burgers and shortbread, mate. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, there's this, you know, there's this nice cafe called the the Garage near Pete's Gym in Newcastle, and it'll probably be the last Newcastle trip of the year. You know, depending on how the fight is, and my card is probably dying. So I had to be like, well, I need to just go all out. So I got big steak burger, got like the extra cheese and the bacon, and then I got a shortbread, and I tipped the guy. I like. I, I, I gave a tip just before he went to select the shortbread slice. So he noticed the tip, said thank you, and then looked for the biggest one to give me. It's just a, a pro tip. If, yeah, you give your tips before you get your food. That's always it. <laughs> Especially when they're serving at the counter. Yeah, if you can ever give your tip before you get your food, do it. That's just like that's just a, a rule. Because then he found the biggest oh, one, so the, the... and like the, 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 the caramel in it was that thick. It was like as, as thick as my teeth. Oh, it was so nice there. Yeah, so I'm heavy. And I was just on the chicken salad oh. and Americano. So. <laughs> 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 so the best tipping kind of like sketch I think I ever saw was on, do you remember that show Third Rock from the Sun? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where they were like the aliens. It, there's this brilliant one, John Lithgow, who I love. He like, he's obviously an alien. He's only just learning the process of like tipping. And in America, obviously, mm. very different. If you don't do, like, 15 20%, they'll, like, hunt you down with dogs or whatever it is. Um, but he lays, like, all the, the dollar bills on the table. And he's like, right, here's your tip. For everything good you do, I will increase the tip. For everything bad you do, I will take away from the tip. And the waitress is, like, on her first day. She's like, oh, okay. And he's like, so what are the specials? She's like, I'm going to have to check with the chef. And he's like, oh, no. So I'm taking money away from <laughs> It's a really good little sketch. It's really good. Um, but we digress. We digress. Because the reason you're on like, the... Uh, you don't remember that one? And then, like, there's a bit where he gets delivered a pizza, but it doesn't have the little table in it. So he just <laughs> doesn't give the tip. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great show. Yeah. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We're not here to talk about was on it. Only like before he became all Hollywood. Yes, kid Joseph Gordon-Levitt. With his long yeah, hair. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was a great show. Great show. But we're not here to talk about the from the oh, sun as much as we, we can do a separate podcast about that. Um, but uh, George, you're fighting uh, Mehdi Ben Lakdar. Uh, Cage War is one thirty-one, I believe, on Friday the tenth for the vacant lightweight belt. I believe that's right. That's correct. I think it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, Harry, one of the first things I saw about this was a post you made saying that if George wins the belt, it'll just make him extra annoying. So I just wanted to know how, how annoying is George possibly going to get if he wins? Right, so we need to dive into, like, the current annoyance of George, which is <laughs> you'll get, like... Annoyingly enthusiastic about stuff where you're just like, yeah, so, 
like at the minute because he's dieting he'll be like enthusiastic about oh these dates that I've bought are really really like and he'll like ramble about how like the the dates they're nice like I don't care stop talking or just he'll come up to like I'll just be sat by myself in my room having a bit of peace and he'll just come in and then sit down there'll be like a prolonged silence of you know do you know like the on the episode of Father Ted where there's like no thanks, I'm fine. That that guy, he kind of does that, but then he'll occasionally just come out with, "I made my porridge a bit differently this morning." What I did was, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I feel like when when he becomes champ, it'll be worse. Not because he'll keep going on about the being the champ or anything. I just think he'll boost his confidence in the saying really annoying shit about what he had for breakfast or he'll come out with some more just dumb obvious to be fair I've got a nice uh, phone on my camera now so uh, instead of just boring Harry with it I might inflict it upon the world <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. it's like I made some fried rice the other day because George has got a nice new phone with a really nice camera he was like wait don't eat that and then started like taking photos of it and I'm like I just can I just eat my food <laughs> I'm intrigued as to what, what, how differently did you make your porridge? Like, what was so interesting about the well, porridge? Well, I'm, I'm always coming up with different strategies. Um, <laughs> like, the biggest, so the biggest revelation, because it's quite festive, was my recent porridge, uh, is, like, fresh orange slices, which I thought would just kind of wilt and just dilapidate, but they stay juicy. Cinnamon and ginger... And also walnut, and it's like a little like Christmas cakey porridge. Christmas cakey porridge. His hand did that. That's the heat rising up into the porridge. I'll tell you what, George. I'm on board uh, with that. I think that sounds pretty special, mate. Yeah, yeah it, it, it sounds nice, but it's it, it, like that's the first time you've heard that. <laughs> It's it's not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> well, George, I mean, it, or importantly, like you, are, you're fighting for a Cage Warriors World Title. Like, what what does that mean to you? How much does that mean to you to be fighting for the belt? The thing with the title, even though it's got its great lineage, is you can't really think about the title until it's won. You've just got to think about the the process kind of aspects of it. Like, mm-hmm. so the main effect is. It's changed the training because it's training for five rounds and it's training for the opponent. Those two are like the actual real things that you can affect. Whereas thinking about the title's lineage and what it means afterwards, I don't know. It's, think about that when I win it. Yeah. No, that's sensible. Do you think, do you think fighting five rounds suits a fighter like you more than three? Yeah. I really love five rounds. I really love the idea of five rounds. Because if you, you watch my fights, you know, apart from the Madas fight, which was like a bit of a late notice fight, it's I'm always, Harry as well, we're always building and building and winning the last round and getting better shots off towards the end of the rounds. So I think it just suits both of our styles. I, I got booked for five rounds once and it ended in the second, but it was like, yeah, it... it the, the preparation can get a bit horrid, but because it, it's like doing ex, explosive stuff for 15 minutes isn't too bad. But then when you start stretching out to like 25 minutes, half an hour of like 
full whack explosive MMA training stuff. It can become it can become quite difficult, but it's it's a good challenge. It's a good struggle. I've um I've also seen uh, stuff saying that you've uh, you've got a Chuck Liddell mindset coming into this this fight. Tell us a little bit yeah. about that. Well, that was more about, especially before having this title fight as well, is sometimes people get a few wins and then they try and negotiate themselves into the title fight or they get a, or the winner belt and then they try and negotiate themselves into the UFC, whereas I'm just very simple-minded and I want to fight. You know, before I had this title fight, I knew I wasn't going to fight on this double trouble. And then when I win the title, I'm not going to want to sit back and try and wait for a UFC opportunity. I'm going to want to defend it actively. Just this idea that if I take a fight, maybe if I could have waited around for a title fight, but then I take a fight and someone beats me, then I wasn't ready for a title fight. Or if I win the title and then I want to defend it actively and then someone beats me, well, then that's like, I wasn't, the, you know, I wasn't the greatest champion. So I just want to fight actively and beat people. It's more about the competition than trying to angle, angle my way and get string a couple of wins and then just trying to wait and negotiate stuff. Uh, I will fully use George winning the belt as a way to angle my way in and negotiate my way into a title fight. <laughs> I, I'm all for that. Yes. So yeah. Tito Ortiz mentality if we're going to go back to the old people right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll start saying my sentence, the words in my sentences in the wrong order uh, you'll be mayor of Middlesbrough in no time <laughs> uh, actually yeah that's probably not too have you seen him he, yeah he was governor of, of uh, where I don't was think he, he was governor I think he was some... on some like oh no he was on like some kind of and, yeah congressional then they got shot of it local election because he was spouting I mean because he was spouting bollocks but it's like anyone who's followed MMA for any amount of time knew that's what you were getting into when you elect TORTs you're getting into the 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 king of spouting bollocks like that's that's what he does like he's hilarious he's one of the most unintentionally hilarious (laughs) human beings (laughs) I think his best line for me is when someone asked him so will you be fighting in fighting in the autumn? And he said, yes, I'll be fighting in April. <laughs> <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. <laughs> oh, incredible, incredible. And so I, I thought it was really honorable what you said uh, there about the fact that you just want to be active and and you know and if you di- did take a loss before you got that title you know shot then you wasn't ready for that but you know we've seen so many people win that you uh win that cage warrior strap and then quite quickly make their way into the ufc if, if that if that call comes are you are you gonna take that oh, definitely definitely yeah but i don't want to just sit on the shelf and not compete sure. and wait for the call yeah and have you, have you got any thoughts on uh, on Joe McColgan? Because obviously he is going to be coming back. He's vacated the belt, but he said he's going to be coming back. So have you got any kind of uh, eyes on him? Would you want to fight him before potentially moving to the UFC? Or are you just like, I, the UFC come knocking, I'm going? Win this belt, and I definitely want to fight Joe McColgan. Even, <clears throat> yeah. even if you know there's opportunities for the UFC, I definitely want to fight Joe McColgan. Because he hasn't lost his belt by being beat. So it just have to make it right. Would have to fight Joe McColgan and beat him. That's important for you. You need to make sure that you beat the guy that was the champion. As you said, he, he wasn't beat. He didn't lose his belt. He vacated it. And do you, do you feel that that would, it is a certain type of like validation. If you win the belt to, to truly validate yourself, you need to beat Joe. Yeah. And it's just like, bit of respect with it as well, because he, some champions just try and cling onto the belt even if they can't make the fight and it holds up divisions and it goes quite tricky. Whereas that's a really like honourable thing he's done is to vacate the belt, let the division move on and then he'll come back and fight. So out of respect, I've got to give him that fight. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. And Harry, are you going to be in George's corner or will you do what he does and just watch YouTube videos while he's fighting? <laughs> well, I don't, have a fi- I don't have a fight, so it's like I'm in like full coaching mode the whole trip this time. Uh, it's like it's different when we're both fighting, but no, I'm like fu- full on coach, so I'll, I'll be in his corner. I'll be giving it about 75, 80% of my full attention. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> Is there going to be like YouTube just set up in the corner so you can kind of flick between well, the two? Well, the York Hall is quite old, so you just got to keep like, you know, there'll be like a leak in the roof that I'll probably be having to like dodge from um, <laughs> people. Yeah, there's just other things I might say hi to like the, some of the people from Middlesbrough coming through. But yeah, like a solid eighty percent of my attention will be going going on George. So how, how comes? Well, I'm sure it'll be. How nice. comes you, you you're not on the card? Was that because you knew? Um, obviously, your brother's fighting for the strap. Did you think, right? Well, okay, like I'll I'll, I'll focus on, on on working and training with him, um, or, or was there another reason why you, you you wasn't on the card? Because normally, we, you know, we see you both on a on a cage warriors card. Well, I, I I did want to be be on the card, and I wanted to get four fights in this year, but it was like my ribs were knacking after the death fight, and I think even going into the death fight, 
I was a little bit like run down from just being in fight camp mode. Fight camp, fight camp, fight camp. Where like I'm like smaller and skinnier for the weight class as well. So it was like, even though I was like keeping my strength, I was still getting a little bit like more like skinny and, and worn down a little bit. And then I got really ill before the death fight and just all sorts of stuff. Um, so I feel like when George got the call for the title, I was like, right, okay, I'm not going to fight on this card. That I'll just focus mostly on getting George ready. And I think this just couple of months of just hammering the strength training and putting loads of calories in me has done me a world of good. Like, I feel like the, the performance in the death fight was nowhere near my best, really. Um, but I feel like this is this period where I've got like an off season is, is helping that. And I feel like I'll be back like full, full strength um, or even better next time. But yeah, I feel like, you know, there is the sort of focusing on George thing, but I do just want to scram loads of food and do bicep curls. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I got the news that I'll be fighting Medi for the title, Harry was like, Okay, so I'll sit this one out to focus on you. Within about five minutes, he got he gone and got two eclairs from the fridge. Uh, <laughs> one of these hipster beers he's been drinking, or whatever it is. No, I'm not into the hipster beers. Or, or whatever. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not too keen on hipster beers. It's like IPAs. I don't, I don't like the sort of like fruitiness of. Yeah, got some eclairs and some beer. Quite. <laughs> <laughs> How do you how do you feel camp's actually going, George? How do you feel camp's it's going? It's going really, really well. I would have thought like because I've been doing extra rounds to prepare for the five rounds and everything. Everything's increased that bit: sparring, the rolling, the uh, pads, and all the other stuff. But despite that, I've not. I'm pretty much at the end of camp now. I've got like a handful of sessions, like three, four hard sessions left until just staying loose next week. And despite all that, I've had no niggling injuries, no nothing, not felt run down off it. This is, it's weird. Normally, every fight camp, you've got something just niggling. Not like an injury, not some kind of whatever, but just something's a bit, a bit broken down. Like before the Truman fight, I was, my back was really hurting all the time. And that's not like an injury. It's just, you train really hard for six weeks, eight weeks, whatever you're going to have something a bit sore by the end of it, but I don't at this point. Brilliant. And it, do you find it difficult? This is a question for both of you, I guess, uh, but it, it, do you find it difficult to analyze an opponent that is undefeated? Cause I suppose you have to be the first guys to put together a game plan and a blueprint to work out how to get the job done, how, how to defeat that guy. And it, it's not been done before. So, how difficult is it to, to create that game plan and, and analyse someone that, that hasn't been defeated yet? Well, you've been... Uh, no, it's... This, it hasn't been too difficult to make a plan for this, for Medi, really. It's like, with every advantage you can have in combat sports and in mixed martial arts, there are inherent disadvantages. Um, so it's just, you can see a lot of... Like, there's a lot of stuff that he does, and it's like there's similar things that other fighters have done and come unstuck because of doing doing things that way. So I like I don't want to go like too into details with it, but it's like mm-hmm. there's still lots you can see and lots you can build around and lots of like 
bits of the puzzle he can put together. Um, like the fact that he, ha- he hasn't, no one's gone out and done it, might actually play at your advantage a little bit because they've never experienced yeah. it, um, at least in competition. But, you know, there's probably some guys in the gym. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the closest he comes was the draw with McColgan. Uh, McColgan gave him loads of trouble. Obviously, like McColgan and George are very different fighters, so it's like, you know, but like clicking things together that way. Well, yeah, I, I don't see the fact that he's undefeated as um, anything more of like a challenge, really. I think it's just, it's it's very like facts. It's very kind of like you just got to be very cold and analytical on it. Um, almost like when you're watching their fights, the results of the fights you're watching and studying don't matter. It's just what happens in the fights matters. And it's just mm. if you're trying to rely on their losses as what their weakness is. If you look at my last loss, there's a lot that you can't really take away from that anymore. Because I had the one loss in against Badas Flaminas in 20... 19, 20, October 2019. Yeah, 2019, where I haven't lost a round since that fight. In both my Bellator fights and now both the Cage Warriors fights, I haven't lost a round in any of those fights. And I've made a lot of adjustments from that fight. So it's like, if you watch that one loss of, me, of mine and base your whole game plan on that, that would be a mistake to do. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I haven't had a takedown converted on me since the small fight, having hit someone proper flush in the head with it, and they've just took it since. Uh, yeah. You did, like, it's almost like sometimes when you're studying someone and they've got beat in a certain way, you've got to take into your expectations that they're going to be prepared for that certain thing. Whereas with an undefeated guy, you don't have to think about that kind of thing. Do you, yeah. do you both watch tapes of, of upcoming uh, opponents or, or do you leave that to, to, you know, your you coaches, George. So what happens is, it's been interesting as well, when we both fought on the same card, is like, we'll watch more of their opponent, like, Harry will watch more of my opponent, and I'll watch more of Harry's opponent. Because you need to watch a bit of tape, but you don't want to, like, set yourself up for almost false expectations in a way. It's, it's better to be more clear-headed and let someone else analyse it. Yeah, so as I have, I've been doing a fair bit more um, for this one. And it's like, because I haven't had my own fight to prepare for, I've been able to sort of be medi in sparring. If you, like, I've been able to like do an impression of him uh, and just go like full out with that. Like even in my own rounds of shadow boxing, I was just like, ah, fuck it, I'll just be medi for a bit. Uh, it's been all right, been decent fun. It's just very bouncy back and forth with all the extra weight. I'm not. I'm not too keen on like all the stress it's putting on my calves. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at lifemd.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. <laughs> Semi-clairs, mate. Um, <laughs> and, and just, you're talking about you've got five hard sessions left um, before you sort of get a, a little loose in, in, in the, the week up to the fight. Um, and you mentioned sort of sparring, uh, and I always like to sort of ask guests like what their approach is to, to sparring, and is it something you know uh, it, where, where you train and, and it's part of your game plan? Do you spar hard? Do you spar regularly and hard, or, or you know, you hear other fighters talking now about you know sparring very very rarely now, and you know your Lawlers and and uh, and your Holloways and stuff. I just wonder what your approach is to, to sparring. Both of you that can go to. It's like out of camp without a fight. There's actually probably more volume in terms of the time spent sparring, but it's that very light, you know, like the ties, the more like tie style player sparring, where you're not really taking much damage, but you're getting that opportunity to practice your footwork and see shots coming in and then develop your own tools. Whereas, like, up in another run, run up to a fight, the volume decreases, but it gets a bit more intense. Yeah. And it, and the shots are thrown a bit more hard, but it's not like complete trying to knock each other's heads off, unless it's like me and Harry sparring with each other. Yeah, and I think it's like mid-camp, I would say, is when the spar, like mid to late, you know, sort of like the late middle of a fight camp, I think, is when sparring's at its heaviest. And then, because I used to spar too hard, like in the weeks leading up to the fight, whereas now it's like we, we sort of, taper that down just a little bit and, and do more like stuff where we'll sort of alternate bad positions and pads and stuff, you know, just other ways of it being really horrible. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, like more volume out of camp, 
more intensity in camp. And then, uh, I think me and Harry have both said this as our whole careers go on, we'll probably do a bit less and less hard sparring. Like you brought up Max Holloway. You know, Max Holloway, you know, reportedly does no sparring now. But that's off the back of a huge amount of experience and he's probably put thousands of rounds in sparring. Yeah. So he's already yeah. Harry. That. Harry, you pulled a face there. Do you do you think he is sparring I, I, and he's just not it, telling people about he's it? He's not like sparring in the sense of like how boxers spar, where I don't think he's like fight you know, like doing big lumps big digs in the gym and like hitting each other hard. But he's he said he's moving around with people, so he's getting people to like move at him and sort of like throw stuff and he's kind of like getting his reads and getting so he's kind of like sparring in, in a very 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 light sense so he's, he's still keeping his eye in he's not um he's not totally non-sparring like when when Lawler did his strike force run and he actually wasn't and you could kind of tell in the fights that he wasn't because he just he didn't seem to have his eye in or like have any sort of gauge of distance but then when he sort of like would land a few shots he'd be like Okay, now I can kind of, he would like build into the fights, but um, Holloway is still keeping his eye in a bit. And I think his his coach comes from Muay Thai a bit more, where like the you know, with the pads of a Muay Thai style pads, they like throw more back. So he's still getting plenty of like defensive work and stuff in. Oh, I'm saying that in his last fight, he didn't really defend much, he just sort of walked forward. So, fuck knows, I might be wrong. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, um. Before we ask you one last question about your fight, there's another lightweight title fight that's coming up very, very soon. Oliveira defending his belt against Dustin Poirier. Do you guys have any thoughts on on how you think that's going to go? I think because Oliveira's stance is very tidy and everyone gives him like the props for having that good stance, good balance, hands high. But the way Poirier shifts when he strikes... It opens up Poirier, but it's also a good way to get around someone who stood just hands high. So as Poirier shifts and throws his hooks at funny angles, I think it can come around the guard. Um, I'd probably edge it to Poirier over a five-rounder. Yeah. I think if, if Oliveira, I think tools that would be important for Oliveira would be like front kicks up the middle, knees up the middle, um, I wouldn't he, he likes upper body takedowns but I think if you're going against Poirier upper body takedowns are not a good option um, I think he'd probably have to go for his legs a little bit um, for for Poirier it's just trying to like create collisions really like time you know like do non-committed stuff that he likes to do and then time Oliveira coming in to attack him. And then that's when he can pick his spots and do his bursts. So, like people say, oh, his his, his boxing's so ugly. But it's, it's like, no, it's, no, it's not. It's it's for, it's really good. But it's just because it doesn't fit the, the textbook of, oh, you've got to be punching like this and this and this. Like he's like swinging with his hips and he's generating power properly. But I think if he, if he just times those spots to get his big burst and his big shifting stuff in, I think he... He's going to give Oliveira a lot of trouble. Well, the most important lightweight fight of the year isn't that fight. It's George Hardwick against Mehdi Ben Lakdar. How do you think that fight is uh, is going to finish? How, how, do you, how do you see the end of that fight happening? Um, 
you know, I've mentioned my style. I think it's good for five rounds to like break him down over the rounds because he can be quite fidgety, he can be quite defensive. But then it depends because he sometimes he'll fight really on the back foot and bounce around a lot. Sometimes he fights really coming forward a lot. So, you know, without going into what I'm going to do exactly, yeah. it's kind of dependent on which one happens. So, you know, his last fight with Steve McIntosh, he's like holding on to the cage. He's waiting. He's almost like primed like a sprinter. And then he sprints out into the middle, which is fantastic for me. You know, be fantastic for the fans as well, because that's what I do in all my fights pretty much. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, I, like, I hope George wins, I guess. Velvet <laughs> uh, would be nice in the gym. Um, if he does win, I want him to at least take a few good digs. Like, be, I think it'd be funny if he got sat on his ass, but uh, yeah, George probably by like some kind of finish, maybe. <laughs> I love love the support. It's a very supportive brother you got there, George. Oh, gentlemen, honestly, it's always a pleasure to have a, a catch up with you and a chat. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to come on again today. And, mate, obviously, all the best uh, for, for the Cage Warriors uh, strap. And once you win it, then we want you back on. We want to come and talk about, you know, we want to talk to the champ. Looking forward to it. Palmos and pizzas all round, guys. That's, well, thanks very that's much. Just George's dirty secret there. All the pizza crack and like cage where he's he's not even like if the choice was oh what takeaway are you getting? Pizza would be like very low down on his list. It would be like Probably Parmo, Indian, Chinese, then I don't know. I like Indian, but, you know, because of the amount of pots, it's not as easy to have a good hygiene rating at an Indian <laughs> compared to, like, uh, with a pizza, it's easy for them to have a good hygiene rating. You know, it's just the door to stick it in. It's in the oven and it's clean. Whereas, like, because of the amount of pots and everything, you know, I've had some bad experiences with my gut. <laughs> Oh, well, we definitely don't want that, especially leading up to the fight, mate. All the best with the weight cut, all the best with the fight, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can have you back on as champ in a little while. Great. Thank you very much. Cheers, fellas. Guys. Well, there you go. George and Harry Hardwick back on the show, and uh, yeah, again, just funny as ever, enjoyable to listen to as ever, and uh we're looking forward to seeing that big fight between George and Mehdi Ben Lakdar on Friday, the 10th of December. Absolutely. Loving the fact that Harry wants to see his brother get the strap, but wouldn't mind seeing him get plunked on his ass uh, <laughs> en route to getting it. Just, uh, just take a couple of digs. Just take a couple of digs. <laughs> They've just got such a lovely, like, brotherly relationship that you can see that there's a lot of love there. And you can see that, you know, they're always looking out for each other, watching... Opponent, the opponents of their brothers tapes more than their own opponents tapes and stuff like that but they can't help but like rub it in and say oh I'll just focus on you for this camp but in doing so I'm going to talk about food all the time go and get me some chocolate eclairs some burgers and uh, shortbread and stuff like that mate 
If, if, if they had some kind of OnlyFans, you know, at home with a Hardwicks, uh, subscribe. I would. I'd be all over it. Because the I thought don't know that, if you're using OnlyFans in the right way. Well, I think no, it was I, like a YouTube thing. No, yeah, no. I I, I, sorry, I, Grandad, <laughs> but I think OnlyFans is usually a different type of content. Well, all right. Or a, or a Patreon then. Let's say Patreon. Uh, and, and so they had a Patreon at home with the Hardwicks. The, the, the thought of Jules just sort of casually just walking into Harry's bedroom, sitting there, not saying anything for ages, and then just mentioning his new take on porridge. Like, I'm all over that. I mean, by the way, when I say that, I'm not, I'm not discouraging the Hardwick Brothers from creating an OnlyFans. I'm sure there's a market for it. So tell me about OnlyFans. You seem to know all about it. <laughs> you got one? Well, I've got my... Oh, yeah, obviously, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot of photos of my feet. Lovely, lovely. Has he got them pictures of you looking over your shoulder when you was getting out of the bath that you sent me? Well, that was... No, they were just for us. Sorry, mate. <laughs> a bit weird, sorry. Um... Well, anyway, thanks ever so much for listening, and uh, we'll uh, we'll, we'll be. Oh no, can't stop thinking about it now. We, we can talk about the photos if you want. I mean, I, we can. Do you want to post them? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's quite right. Um, if you like Cage Warriors and you want to hear us speaking to other Cage Warriors legends, then you can hear us talking to former Cage Warriors stars uh, Paddy the Paddy, Pimlet, Ian, Gary, both of which have moved up and into uh, the UFC. You can hear our first uh, episode with the Hardwick Brothers. You can also uh, hear us talking to... Blimey, who else have we had? Uh, Matt Bonner. Um... Paul Hughes. Paul Hughes, yeah. Nathan Fletcher we've had on twice. And also as part of this double trouble cage warriors that are on the 10th and 11th of December, we will also be interviewing Oban Elliott uh, and uh, Luke Shanks and uh, Sam Creasy, which is really interesting one for us to uh, interview two fighters that will be fighting each other in quite a controversial uh, title rematches. There's loads of stuff going on with that fight Absolutely. that we can't wait to get into and talk about between Luke Shanks and Sam Creasy. Um, and I think we might be having Matt Bonner on yeah. as well because uh, he will be defending his middleweight title for the first time. So, uh, if he can yeah, find plenty. time, we presume that Matt will be at um, opening shops in his hometown doing open top buses. He's a uh, big celebrity now, he's, uh, he's Matt Bonner. Yeah. So, uh, be yeah. really interested to find out how he's coping with the He's got the key the to like Greg's. <laughs> They're giving him the key to Greg's in Warrington. But he's a big deal. Um, but yeah, so uh, there's plenty to look at uh, and listen to in regards to the next Cage Warriors event, which, as we said, comes up on the 10th and 11th of December. We don't know in what order these have gone out, so there might be some order ready out so flick through and have a listen to those you know what they need to do mate to make sure they don't miss a thing oh what's that Stu it's called subscribe Blake oh you're blowing my mind didn't know you were going to say that it's the the first time you've ever said that yeah subscribe right we're back next time see you soon bye Ping, ping over that photo again please